You're listening to the Sermon Podcast from Real Life, reaching the world for Jesus one person at a time. Excited about some summertime fun? Excited to, are you coming here today with anticipation? Yes. Excited about what God's going to share with us? I had a, an event happen to me yesterday, has never happened to me in 43 years of my life. So, uh, I have a little chest cold, which hopefully you won't get to experience, but so much so that I have some antibiotics. And they said one of the uh, side benefits of this uh, antibiotic is you could burn easier. And I'm like, well, like kind of tan, you know. Uh, so anyway, I was out boating with the family yesterday, having a great time, and I burnt my knuckles. <laughs> Nothing else. Nothing, just, just, the white, just, just the white part of my knuckles. I've never had like a sunburn on just your knuckles where you have to like uh, roll. Anybody else burn their knuckles before? Just me. Okay. Excellent. Uh, well, my name is Josh. I'm the executive uh, pastor here at Real Life and honored to be with all of you today. Uh, we're going to be diving into our Sermon on the Mount series. If you've missed any piece of this, you got to do what I did last week. So last week, I was with family up in Spokane. I was watching some uh, baseball games with my son sitting on bleachers when it was like 102. And metal bleachers do not have a cooling effect, in case anybody's curious. Um, and so anyway, but enjoying that time. But since I missed the sermon... What I did is I went online, and I got to see the, the very handsome and dapper Aaron Couch preach one of the best sermons I think I've ever heard him preach on Salt and Light. Amen? Anybody else like that? So not only did I watch it once, but I actually watched it twice, because I want to know what's happening in the body that I serve and that I attend and that I'm a part of. And so I would encourage you to do the same thing. Or if you're new and you're like, I'm checking this church out. We just moved here uh, to go to school, to grad school, or I just got a job at SEL or something like that, whatever it is, and you're new and you want to find out well, what's this church about, you can go back and you can listen to all kinds of sermons. Um, and I would do that if I were you. And it wouldn't hurt you in your life to go back and listen to them more than one time. Because I don't know about you, but I don't catch it all the first time. Right? And so uh, two weeks ago, Emmy and um, Marty preached on, on the Beatitudes, and what a great sermon that was. It's a great sermon to dive into and to really see uh, how that plays into our lives now and what does that mean? What is kingdom? A lot of great questions answered and raised in that sermon. I would encourage you uh, to go back that and, and listen to that. And then we also had the Salt and Light sermon that I'm just re referencing. So please get caught up, stay caught up, enjoy summer, have fun, burn your knuckles, all that other good stuff, but stay caught up with what your church is talking about because we have a direction that we're going. And we all want to be going the same direction. So, uh, this sermon on the sermon is about the law. And when I say the law, <coughs> when I say the law, you probably have different things that pop into your mind, like blue lives matter and and the law. And for some folks, we have a negative connotation of the law. The law has been the hammer in our lives. The law is there to catch you in. Hit your teddy bear. The law is a negative thing for some of us, right? And so as we dive into the law today and as Jesus talks about it, I want you to be uh, going through this pendulum. Where do you think the law plays in your life? Is the law the hammer or is the law the teddy bear? Does the law love you? Is it there for your benefit, for your purposes? And so, as I think about the law, and even just our uh, American law, or state laws, those type of things, you know, let's talk about, like, the law of, like, there's, it's against the law to be a drunk driver. 
Does anybody disagree with that law? Taking away my freedoms to go and smash cars into things and people. Because that, that law, when broken, has great adverse effects. Not only on the lawbreaker, but also on the people who are trying to abide by the law. And so as you think about the law, is the law the hammer or the teddy bear in your life? Is God's law the hammer or the teddy bear? And so let's dive into our text here. Matthew 5, 17, 20. It's uh, on the screen in your notes and you can bring a Bible. We allow that. Um, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. Jesus is saying this as he's teaching. Don't think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly, I tell you, wouldn't it be funny if Jesus was like, I'm just lying. No. For truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen, will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. So picture this. You're sitting there with your rabbi. And he teaches this. He tells you, I have not come to abolish laws. I was studying and reading it this week and with our sermon club team, you know, the word abolish came up. We're like, well, let's talk about that word abolish. So when I first read it or just have read it before, I was like, abolish means to like, abolish, I know what that means, to get rid of. Actual definition, uh, one of the definitions of abolish is to completely invalidate something which has been in force. So Jesus says, I have not come to invalidate what has been in force. Not only has he not come to invalidate it, but he's come to fulfill it. So in the the Jewish world, they would say, you abolished Torah. You violated the law. And why is that such a big deal? Why is it such a big deal to violate a law? By the way, next slide. They had 613 of them, and it's also an area code in Ottawa, Canada, in case you're curious. 613 laws. And if you broke one and somebody ordered it, you abolished abolished Torah, Torah. You violated it. Sounds like lots of rules. And actually, there's a fence of about 6,000 laws that go around these 613 to make sure that they don't break 613. Why do they do this? Rules. Regulations. In the Jewish world, the way it's been said, I can't remember the guy who quoted it, he said, it's 613 ways 
that we can tell God that we love him. 613 ways that we can tell God that we love him. How many ways do you have to tell God that you love him? One of the shop owners in Israel uh, was, uh, that we go visit when we go to Israel uh, said that his wife was pregnant and she, in the middle of the night, she's like, I'm craving an orange. And so the husband gets up and what you do as a husband, right? You go searching in the middle of the night for an orange. And he comes back and he doesn't just bring an orange, he brings an entire bag. And I first thought, I was like, that's smart because you never know when she'll want another one. It's very convenient. But he said, I brought her the whole bag because I wanted to tell her how much I love her. I love her more than just one orange. So let's take a look at some of these laws and see how you guys are doing. One of my favorite laws, so there's 248-ish positive spins on them and 365 negative uh, don't do this. So, one of my favorite ones is uh, number 212. Be fruitful and multiply. Peter Claire, good job, you guys. Real proud of you. <laughs> Did you even know that you were obeying that law? I mean, how great is that? That's one of the laws. What else do we got, Lord? That's exciting. Uh, let's go to a negative one. Let's flip it over. Uh, law number 73 on the negative connotation. Um, we'll find out if anybody runs out of here right now. To not be drunk entering a sanctuary. <laughs> Good. It didn't say anything about being hung over. <laughs> to not be drunk entering a sanctuary when giving a decision about Torah law. Uh, negative one number 66. And I don't do this. Not to leave uh, corpses in the gallows. That's not where I leave my corpses. How about you guys? <laughs> I don't leave those in the gallows. Then there's some Nazarite ones. It said Nazarite only on the, on, on the thing I was looking at. And it said that they don't get to eat fresh grapes and they don't even get to eat, eat dried grapes. <laughs> to show God that you love them. So, how many ways do you have to show God that you love him? Do you view God's laws as the hammer? They're trying to get you? Or do you think God lines out laws like we do as parents? Rules. Laws because he loves us. Is your God the, the God of love? Or is he mad at you? Trying to just trap you keep you stuck. So why does Jesus say that we need the law? In Galatians, uh, Paul gives us a little glimpse. It says, so the law was our guardian. Say pedagogue. Pedagogue. Yeah, guardian is the tutor or a nanny or a bodyguard. So the law was our tutor. It was the nanny. It kind of kept us in line, our bodyguard. <clears throat> and we had it until Christ, we have it until Christ came that we might be justified by faith. Whew. Now that faith has come, we are no longer under the guardian. We no longer need the nanny or tutor or all those things, right? I don't think that's what they meant. 
Think of it as the law, you're going bowling. How many bowlers in here? Big bowling community here? Okay. This might not work well. That's all right. Uh, we're going to go with it anyway. Uh, so let's say that the, the law is the bumper rails. So when you're bowling, if you're not a great bowler, you want to put up the bumper rails. And that's what keeps you kind of going down the right path. But you got to find the bowling alley. And you got to go to the lane that has the bumper rails. And the law is the guardian. And I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I've thrown it into the wrong lane. <laughs> sometimes I never found the bowling alley. The law, when, when, when the Lord gives us the law, and if we think about it now, where Jesus has come, think about it uh, this way, that faith, the faith that he's talking about does not change the action. It is still not okay to murder. That's one of the laws. It didn't say get rid of the laws. It's still not okay to murder. But as we're going to see in future sermons, and I don't want to step on them, but they said, you've, you've heard say, don't murder, but I tell you this. You have heard it say this, but I tell you this. It's almost like Jesus is, is guiding us to a deeper truth. It's not just about being a robot and obeying the laws. It's about the heart with which we do the actions. It's so good, I'm reading it again. Faith does not change the action. It changes with which the, the heart with which we do the action. In last week's sermon, we talked about being uh, the light, or the law is the light. And you are the salt. And it was awesome when we talked about the value of salt. And actually, it's like you're the diamonds. Salt was more precious, more precious than diamonds and oil and all those other things. Salt was, was it. And God says that you are the salt. You are the precious diamond that he has. And the law is the light. What good is a diamond without any light? How pretty is your diamond when, it's, when nobody can see it? What value is that diamond when nobody gets to see what it looks like? And God calls you the salt, the diamond of his creation. That you are his treasured possession. And he wants to shine light on you and he uses his law to do that. Anybody with me? Where are you being salt and light? Last week we learned that the law is there to reveal the nature. To reveal his nature so we can learn his nature. That's what God's like. God's giving. God's generous. He doesn't do these things. He does do these things. This is who God is. You were made in his image. He wants to shine a light upon you so you can shine the light back to him. Does a diamond reflect things? It reflects light. And as we walk it out, the world learns who, learns who he is. We've got to walk it like we talk it. Walk it like we talk it. It's a, son my, a song my son likes. I'm pretty sure it's Christian. I'm Christian radio, right? Walk it like you talk it. Right? Probably not. Um, but we've got to walk it out. And we walk it out because we are the, 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 the truth and the light. And let's think more about this. 
we got these 613, and we have these 6,000, and then we have the 10 commandments, which I can almost remember most of those. But I think Jesus knew that there was going to be a Josh Gray. And he knew, it, he knew that I needed to be, it even needed to be simpler for me. And so he gave it to me in lots of different places. He gave it to me in Matthew. He says, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, Josh Gray. Love your neighbor as you would love yourself. I don't know if I could possibly love anybody more than I love myself sometimes. But God calls me to a deeper truth. And he just says, oh, by the way, and all of the law, all of those things, and the prophets, those just hang on these two. So good news. You don't have to memorize the other 613 or the 6,000 that go around them. You can memorize two. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your strength, with all your soul. And treat your neighbor like that, as you would treat yourself. Bonus scripture, you can write this down in your notes, Romans 13, 8 through 10. It says, let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. He who fulfills, or he who loves his fellow man has fulfilled all of the law. Bonus scripture, Galatians. 5.14, the entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as you would love yourself. Thank you, Lord, for simplifying it for me. Are we more concerned with being correct, with being right, with being accurate, with having the truth than we are about God's people? Have you ever ran over somebody with the truth? Have the truth and love. Let me beat you with it. I'll show you how much this loves you. When the Lord has, has come to fulfill this law, he calls us to a higher standard. It's not, you have to be more righteous. Go back to the first piece of text. You don't have to on the screen. It says, for I tell you, unless your righteousness surpasses that of Pharisees and teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. So you mean I just can't just keep the rules? I'm called to a deeper truth? I'm called to a higher amount of love? I have to act differently? We don't have to, like most of us aren't Jewish, right? So as we're walking around, you see Marty, shaved head, beard, tassels, right? He's chasing the, the law, to show off who his God is. Like he's unique in our area, right? Phil's called, what are, your, what are you called to? How are you showing God that you love him? How are you unique? How are you a peculiar person? What does that look like? Are you assimilated just like everybody else? What does righteousness look like? If we are to be more righteous to enter the kingdom of heaven than the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, what does that look like? You know, in righteousness in the, in the Jewish world, it's very covenantal. It's what they would call the terms of the deal. Term acts of righteousness. And I want you to go back in your life. 
And I want you to think about the terms of the deal that you made with God. Because you made some terms of a deal with God if you've accepted him as your Lord and Savior. Do you know we had like about 50 baptisms in the month of July? You add them all up. <laughs> so they started making some terms of a deal. Right? And so when we baptize somebody, we say, have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yes, I have. You confess it with your mouth. You believe it in your heart. And we say, are you going to let him be the Lord of your life for the rest of your life? Well, yes, I am. Great. Well, because of your confession of faith, because of the terms of the deal that you're getting ready to make right now, we baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. They come out under new ownership. Now they have new terms of the deal. Now your terms of your deal don't change just because your life circumstances change. And I would challenge you and I challenge myself, I have to go back and revisit the terms of the deal, the covenant that I made with my Father in heaven. My Father who loves me. Who gives me guidelines. Who gives me boundaries. Who thinks that I'm pretty darn awesome even when I don't think of it like that myself. You're fighting to believe what God says about you in his word because he thinks you are special. And he begs you to believe it. And at one point you did. And maybe you still do, I hope. But what are the terms of your deal? So to me, what it looks like to be righteous is to, to be always in the process of trying to be right with God. I have taken some, some exits along my faith journey. But to be righteous is to come back and to come back to the terms of the deal. That's what it means to me to be righteous, to be continually chasing him, to allow yourself to be molded by his word and by his people. Give grace to who? Peace, patience, kindness, joy to who? If it's just you and Jesus and you don't need each other, then what are we doing here? But to act out into the laws, what do we need the laws for if there's nobody else? Be transformed, be renewed. What are your terms? So as we take this time to go into communion, if we could go ahead and have our server stand up and get that rolling. Uh, we have an open table here. If you're new with us, you're checking out church for the first time, uh, you haven't been here before, but you're a Christian, you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you have some terms of the deal with him, we invite you to partake. If you haven't, just pass it along. It's not that great a juice and bread anyway. You're not missing out. Well, you're missing out on something else, but you're not missing out on communion. We'd love to talk to you about that. So let's look at our implications. God's laws are a gift to us. And they open up the fullest life possible for us. How many people want everything that God has for them? That you believe your father has got a great plan for you. That you believe that you're not here by accident. That you have a purpose 
And we may have bounced around off the bumper uh, rails, anybody else probably, right? And times when we didn't obey his law and we, we paid the price for it, not because he was mad at us, but because he tried to protect us on the front side of it. But his laws are a gift to us and they open up the fullest life possible. And he doesn't even keep them a secret from us. He tells us what they are. What are your terms to the deal that you made with God? Implication number two. For Christians, the law teaches us who God is and what he's like. You ever wonder who God is? You ever wonder what he's like? Have you ever seen forgiveness so amazing that you don't understand how somebody could forgive like that in somebody else? That's what he's like. Have you ever seen somebody or thought that you could love something so much or somebody so much that they just complete you and they fill you up and you're just like, man, this is amazing. I want to feel this way all the time. That's what he's like. His laws are there for us. They're not there to hammer you. And third implication is, are you willing to renew your covenant with God? I have to do it weekly, daily. That's what I love about our church, do, do communion every week, because I got to go back and be like, all right, did I yell at my kids this week? Check. Yep. Was I impatient with my wife this week? Check. Yep. Was I uh, not great with a coworker this week? Yep. Check. Boy, I don't feel very righteous. I don't feel like I showed God off very well this week. Lord, can I have a do-over? Do you have, how many do-overs do you have? Because I need a do-over. I need to learn how to love again. The way that you love. I need to care the way that you care. How appropriate we enter in a time of communion. I want you to think back. If you accepted the Lord in here, I want you to think back to that moment. I want you to think back what you said. If you chose to be obedient to him and you got baptized and you made all those agreements, I want you to think back what you said. And it's not a guilt thing. Nobody's angry. But God's going to keep his end of the deal. He's very faithful that way. And to show him off well, to have light shine on the diamond that you are, we got to keep the end of our deal. So on that night, he was there with his disciples. He took the bread. He's making a deal. He said, take this and eat. This is my body. And then he took the cup. And he said, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant. This is my deal. Are you in? Stay. Father God, I just thank you for this time. Lord, I hope your, your word is washed over all of us, Lord. 
the way you think about who you are and how you love and what you do. That we view the bumper rails in life that you've put around us as for our benefit because we have a father who loves us, who cares for us. Lord, help us to see it that way. You are the God of love. Your law is here. Father, to love. It is the law of love. And so, Lord, we just praise you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this message from Real Life. If you'd like more information on who we are, what's happening in our church, and how you can get involved, visit us on Facebook and Twitter, and visit our website, liferotp.com. 